When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LeBondra looking to get outside of Bond. LeBondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello. Welcome to the Elmpart Rolls podcast sponsored by Blue Cross Street Food. Coming to you live today from Reading Institution, the Allied Arms, and I have been joined by not one, but two EPR regulars. Matt Lansley, how are we? Afternoon, Alex. It's nice having an actual in-person live one. Yep, it's uh, the first one for God knows how long, a long time. And also been joined by Dave over from the US and continued your unbeaten streak, Dave. Yeah, don't get used to it, but yes, here I am. And uh, yeah, echoing Lansley, very happy to be in-person doing this. Yeah, yeah in-person at a Reading Institution. If you've never been to the Allied Arms, it is very much a old school English pub in Reading. Uh, I don't know how old it is, Dave. Any I, I wish I knew. Hundreds of years. Oh, 1828. So yeah. it's like almost 50 years old than Reading MC itself. Um, so yeah, one to check out if you've uh, if you've never been to Reading and you're a Reading fan. One to check out when you're here. But let's talk about the main reason that we are recording today: Reading versus Barnsley. Dave came into the game yesterday, starting eleven. What were your thoughts on it? McIntyre was still at left back. Uh, we had Swift playing again from the start. Were you surprised that McIntyre was playing left back yesterday, or were you? I guess were you expecting the same team given that we beat Blackburn the previous time out? Yeah, I mean, they say you never change a winning team, and I'm generally in support of that. Um, I think the the one thing is when you have someone playing out of position, as McIntyre is, if Bavaraman can make the bench, you would think, all right, try him from the off um, in at that left-back position. Um, but yeah, you can kind of see the, the mentality behind not changing a winning team. Yeah. And Matt, Junior Hoylet missed out yesterday, and I think during the game we can probably say that that was a bit of a miss not having Hoyle available on the bench uh because he missed connecting flights after playing for Canada during the World Cup qualifications <coughs> not having Hoyle probably was it's disappointing not to have him at least available given that we've now lost Mate for the rest of the season and it looks like Rinomota also now out for the rest of the season as well yeah I think I think the loss of Mate definitely because you've got that wide option the pace no one else really adds that, you know, and I think it, it, we'll get onto it, but, you know, it was a continuing factor yesterday. It was the pace down the left. There was, we struggled down the left, having someone like Hoyler had, I know we hasn't been his usual self the last few, last few games, but you want a player like that on the bench, because if you can bring someone 
on with his quality, it just gives you a bit of an option, right? Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, however, the first chance of the game did come from the left-hand side, and it was from an Ajari ball into Lucas Shaw. Dave, watching this at the game, I didn't think it was a penalty because we were obviously at the far end of the ground. Maybe I'm, like, blind, but it seems, having watched the highlights, sustainable penalty. Yeah, at the time, I didn't really get up in arms about it because, like you, um, I can't see that far in, in any kind of detail. Um, but, yeah, watching it back, I've, I've seen the um, the professional pundits and, and they don't seem to think that it was a penalty. And um, I disagree. I think he that there's enough contact that he, he's gone down um, as he should. And I think it probably should have been a penalty. There's one thing about, though, Lucas Shaw, I would say since he's come back from injury, he's gone down an awful lot. And I don't know about you two, but it feels like he, in the last, well, however long he's been out, or how long he's been back, it feels like he's struggled to, I guess, pick up a lot of these fouls, free kicks, penalties. He's not winning those those anymore. Yeah. He's, he's not winning the free kicks and penalties like he maybe was last season. Yeah. I think he's expecting a lot more fouls than he probably should get as well, because there's a lot of times when the balls come up to him and he's, we're looking for him to hold, hold the ball up and he's expecting fouls to be given and he'll give up on things swing his arm to the ref and it's like there's not going to be a foul there admittedly penalty yesterday it should have been a penalty i do think i disagree with clinton morrison what yep. he said on quest i do think it was a penalty you know he gets taken out through the back you know he's, he i can't remember who the defender was but it just comes straight through straight through his heels it's a penalty you know um but i do kind of agree about the gel kind of since he's come back because there's there's been a lot of times when you've looked and you've thought he needs to be he needs to be not trying more but he needs to be stronger make it look like it's more of a foul because he, he seems to be giving up a bit easily on some of those i feel like it's a lot of the um the cliche right when you're at the top of the table pushing you get the decision because they're like wow you know this is a red hot team and he was trying to score and they they just had to hack him down and then when you're down at the bottom, they're like, you're just trying to get something from me. So I think it was a, a certain element of that like, yesterday. Yeah, I agree. And the ball did drop back out to Ajaria. Uh, he's still got a good chance there, really, Ajaria. And it's it's a decent save from the keeper. I don't know if Ajaria should maybe do better with the chance, though, perhaps, because it, it, it's not... A, he's only, what, seven, seven yards out? It's a tight angle, admittedly, but it's maybe he should do better with the rebound. Yeah, I think he snatched at it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think he's he was in a position where you would have hoped... I mean, the keeper's not pulled off a world of a save. And you would have hoped for a little bit more from, from where he was, especially when um, there's a bit of chaos after the, uh, the the challenge and the appeal and everything else, like maximise the, the um, benefit of that, I think. And Reading being Reading, it didn't take very long for that quite good start to all come crumbling down around our ears in what was pretty much a must-not-lose game. Reading inevitably conceded first and conceded early because that's what Reading of 2021-2022 tend to do. And Matt, the goal was, it's just, it's so frustrating watching it in the ground a ball played kind of across from the Barnsley left-hand side across to their right-hand side. 
um, played through the middle. Tom Holmes kind of steps up to intercept, well, comes out to try and make contact with the player who's who's making the pass, and he's dragged out of the defensive line. And then you see McIntyre, he's kind of not followed his man from the wing. And whilst it's a good finish, it just feels kind of like it's there's some just it just feels basics are lacking yeah. in the defending there. Yeah, it's, it's it's the basics lacking in the defending, and it's it's the structure of the team. We've spoken about this before about having the two sitting midfielders, in this case, Drinkwater um, uh, and Lauren, sat in front of the defence, and you would have thought they should have been the ones that cut out that first pass that goes into the middle when they then spread it out to the wide where Morris is. You know, But instead, it's it's Holmes that has to step out, try and he moves five yards away from the back, back defensive line, which then allows also a Barnsley player to, to, to run through the middle, and he could have had a tap in if it was crossed into him. You know, you just look at this, there's so many things that... You look at it and you think that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, and then you get to see the McIntyre defending, not closing down, not tight, barely even putting in a block. And I mean, he was very poor that first half. McIntyre, yeah. the first 20 minutes or so, McIntyre had what could only be described as pretty much a nightmare of the yeah. opening 20 minutes. Um, not only did the goal really go through him, but there was another occasion, maybe only a few minutes later, where Barnsley attacked, and the ball it's one of the kind of the quintessential McIntyre left-back moments that we've seen is the ball coming in between him and the centre-back and a player running around the outside of him um, and him getting caught out on it. And it's It was difficult to, I guess, complain too much that Reading were behind because of that defending, Dave. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, Reading didn't really create enough um, up until maybe half an hour in. Yeah. And then half an hour in, we finally started to look like we were creating chances. And the next chance that we had fell to John Swift uh, across Majaria, who first half, the ball, when it was at Ajaria's feet, an awful lot, he was putting in some balls, but they were not particularly good quality. Correct. This was the first one of any real quality, and it's kind of bounced up to John Swift about 12 yards out, and he's spooned it up and over the bar. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon he could do better here? It's it's a it's a difficult chance. It's a difficult chance because it's John Swift and it's John Swift this season. So for me, I was expecting at least to work the keeper, and he's spiraled it over the bar. Um, I mean, it's not a like a, a simple chance that you would expect nine times out of ten he would score. But Swifty's done some great stuff this season, so you would hope a little bit more. Um, I think the the biggest piece of this this whole affair that, that bothered me was we repeatedly throughout the first half and parts of the second half seemed to have a game plan of long ball up to Ajaria to knock it down and do something with it this and it did so not much. work yeah so much night didn't work didn't work didn't work yeah. didn't work and we just kept persisting there was no plan B after that and I don't know where it came from I haven't seen it before I hope I don't see it again. Um, it was ridiculous. So the problem I have with this is that if you have a Mate on the right-hand side and you decide to smash it long up to Mate from your goal kick, I can kind of understand it because yeah. Mate is a very good header of the ball. Yep. Ajaru is not Mate. No. So doing I don't think he won sense. a single header last uh, yesterday. It didn't make any sense. No, it's a very odd, very odd kind of uh, game plan. Obviously, they, they planned, they must have planned in training last week to target the Barnsley right back to do this because you're not going to aim every ball at Ajaru otherwise. Um, yeah. 
he did create that first chance, granted. Um, the second chance that Reading created, again, we don't, we're only really discussing Reading chances here, Matt, because there was only Reading chances after the goal, pretty much. Um, the second one that was created was a kind of long ball from, from Michael Morrison. And we've seen it happen a few times from Morrison, where he's able to pick out these, you know, 30-yard passes across the field. But this one was basically straight down the middle. Yeah, no, it was it was as brutal one I think as it, as it can potentially get. You know, um, Sam Allardyce be watching that, thinking that is just the most beautiful football he's ever seen. Um, but yeah, um, Smith makes a great run though I think because he, he he gets in beyond the defender really really well, nice and strong, just a little stab. And it's it's, it's one of those ways it's hard to get power on though because of the way he's literally just stabbed his foot at it. You know. <sighs> Can he can he let it drop a bit more and try and volley it? I don't know because the ball's probably a bit too far in front. But but yeah, like we we've seen it with Morrison, also seen it with Dan a few times when Dan when Scott Dan was back in the team. Um, McIntyre is the same. McIntyre mm-hmm. is he's one of those players who's able to kind of put the ball up over the top and ask someone to kind of chase down the channel for it. Mm. Yes, yeah, no, he does. Um, I did try and do that a lot yesterday as well, McIntyre. To not much success, it has to be said. Yeah, quite but, unsuccessfully. Yeah. <laughs> But, and throwing it through his arms up a few times with why didn't you get that it's like well actually you didn't do that very well <laughs> but but yeah it, 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 it was apart apart from that though apart that it was it was the last real chance of the half of that it just petered out yeah i mean it had to, so it was tom in tom in town ball in the area uh probably six seven minutes before half time and i feel like we're beginning to see the inconsistencies of Tommins more the more we see of him because I really I, I like I really like Tommins the more I watch him the re- the more I enjoy him his work rate and his effort is second to none yeah. um, yesterday on the field start of the second half and we're behind and I feel like I'm watching him and I feel like he's the, he's the one putting in the most effort on the field he's the one with the work rate and m- most importantly the entire frustration of the first half and parts of the second was we were Back to the Barnsley goal, passing it back to our back oh, line. Oh, no, no one was receiving the ball and running towards the Barnsley goal except for Tom Innes. I cannot describe the amount of times that McIntyre yesterday turned round and knocked the ball back seven yards to to Tom Holmes. It was incredibly yeah. endearing. It was genuinely like torture watching that one more nil down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Tom Innes, the the frustration with him is that whilst the effort and the work rate is there he reminds me a little bit of Stephen Hunt back in the day because the end product is not always not always there don't get me wrong obviously the goal he's got form fantastic and he has got the quality there the consistency of that kind of end product and end ball or you know finish man it's not always it's not always there and you can't like like you see his goal record in certain seasons before we discussed it on the way home you know he's had you know four five seasons where he's been looking at scoring, you know, 10, 15 goals in a season, 18 in one season. And like, you can see kind of why he's got that in the past, but it, it's for, for whatever reason, the last few seasons, especially right now at Reading, it's just not clicking. I mean, the chance yesterday at the end of the first half, it was a brilliant tackle from the party player. You can't take anything away from how he closed down and the way, the way he came in and took, took the ball. Like, but you're just looking at it instead of got to you've got to get a shot off you know you've got to he, he often takes a bit too much time and it's 
same with Sekhanov, the penalty appeal we'll get onto. He almost is trying to do too much to get the ball in the net at the moment. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I agree. He's he's one of those players. His his touch takes him just a little too long to a little too long to decide what he wants to do. It's it's kind of like watching a Jaria, except in completely different scenario. If that makes sense, Jaria takes the time to decide what he wants to do, as does Tom Ince, but the, they do it in very different ways. Yeah, the outcome is a little bit different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Half time, one 0 to Barnsley, Dave. Is the panic there at that point? Reading are two points above the relegation zone. Playing okay. I think okay is maybe stretching it a little bit. We were playing not awfully, but ultimately really yesterday. The whole thing, the only thing that mattered was the result. Yeah. Um, we were a little worried at halftime, one of down. We were, and I think the problem with it is not only were we then, as if results held two points above the relegation zone in a must win game against the team must that not lose. sorry yeah must not lose there you go I'm, my brain's been fried by the game yesterday um must not lose we've conceded after five minutes to an awful team i can't stress this enough barnsley were terrible they they scored you know decent finish but their only chance basically in that whole first half, we had huffed and puffed and had no idea what to do with it. No real glimpse of us actually scoring a couple of half decent chances, but not not ones where you're like, I can't believe that didn't go in. Um, you're looking at that at half time and you think, as the heavens opened and the conditions got worse, it's like, what are they going to do now? What's going to happen second half that they're going to turn that? into something where we go on and turn this game around I, it didn't look good and i was i was pretty depressed and it not was, just because the it, cold honestly it was miserable it was time. miserable Rain, time. it was cold, cold wind yeah <laughs> betting were losing and i was sitting there thinking why do i bother supporting yeah. this team sometimes like one nil down away in yorkshire yeah it's freezing cold it's raining we're up north yeah. and we're gonna get relegated mm-hmm. fantastic um and yeah the second half Let's be honest, the second half was all Reading, pretty much, Matt. Um, it started off pretty, you know, pretty quickly. Um, and, and Reading basically had the pressure on, you know, from the start. From the outset. And it was almost, because I mentioned it to you as, as the players ran out. The players, they ran out, and it was quite an interesting when they ran out. Ooh, maybe I've not seen many times when they've come out after half-time, but all sprinted out to the pitch. You know, it was almost like they wanted... They, they meant business when they came out. Like, I, 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 I've not really seen much of that before. I know you're not I'm saying of... this. I'm saying this now. <laughs> so the only reason I think they did this is because if you've never been to Oakwell, the tunnel is basically next to the away end at Oakwell. And I'm sure the only reason they've done it is because when they've come in at halftime, a lot of the Reading players have got an absolute barrel of abuse from a Possibly. very small section of the away end. Uh, a couple of specific... Get past the away game. I think it's like, ah, yeah. Just run out and like, try not to take any more abuse on the way out. Possibly. Possibly. But, I mean, it did, like, it seemed to gear, gear things up for how it started in the, in, in the second half because it was, like I say, it, it was it was already, I mean, Barnsley were 11 men behind the ball, yeah. you know, and, I mean, looking at the way that their fans kind of reacted after the game, you know, that's seemingly a recurring theme with them after taking the lead, you know, but the way way they started, 
chances started coming and it was just one way traffic. Yeah, the first, I guess the first, not chance, but the first moment of that second half, Dave, was the the moment when Tomins found himself in the box. And he kind of jinked past, what, two, three players mm-hmm. um, before being fouled. I'll say fouled in inverted commas because the referee ended up booking him for diving. Yeah, it was it was frustrating. And I, I don't mind, you know, I lost my voice because of what happened later in the game, but I was losing part of it from shouting with, in this incident. The the decision not to give a penalty, fair enough. Wasn't Stonewall, wasn't clear cut, but he does get, you know, hacked away out a little bit. He gets a little bit of contact here and there. He goes down. If you're going to say no penalty, fair enough. But to then book him for simulation, they were all over him. It was ridiculous. It was more the two before it, wasn't it? It, it was yeah. it was kind of the two swipes at his legs, which they probably could have gone down for either yeah. of those two swipes, I think, because it the way he jigs past, he does he almost does a foot to foot on each one, yeah, on alternate alternate feet each time. And he could have gone down both those times, but he doesn't. And then the third one, it's like like like, like I say that there, there is some contact there. He goes down a bit extravagantly, like but he's he's a yellow card. I maybe I'm biased, I don't know, probably, but I don't I don't think so. I can't imagine so. We're not we're not biased. I don't think we're biased. Absolutely <laughs> not fair <laughs> so we're very, very yeah. you know cool how um, we see it. Yeah. Exactly. Very even on this podcast all the time. Um if I'm honest, Reading didn't create a whole ton of brilliant chances in the second half. There was a few good chances, but there was no clear cut where I thought Reading have got to score there. Reading should be one one by this point. It was, was very much the thing of the game, though, wasn't yes. it? Because it was like the way we controlled it. Like we say, we say it was one-way traffic. It was more control of the game, I think, for Reading. Barnsley just were never really. The whole game was played in Barnsley's half. Yeah, yeah. especially after half time. Unfortunately, not always in their box, though. That's no. the problem. We a lot of times we didn't seem to have a plan for how to break them down. At many times, my wife and I would stand next to each other or stood next to each other, and the the comment was it almost feels like they've got an extra player than we have because every time we tried to like Lucas Schwal had like three or four players on him every time he got the ball and it wasn't just on him it was literally on his heels it was on his yeah. feet I mean they if, didn't if, give if him ever, a second no, yeah if ever you want to see how to effectively man mark a player out of the game so yeah. credit to Barnsley yesterday was a very good yeah very good um uh view of, of it because they yeah. did it very well mm-hmm. And I guess the first, I, I again hesitate to call it a real chance because but it's fallen to Lucas Schell seven yards out or so after a drink water shot's kind of, you know, uh, blocked. Uh, it's fallen back out to Zhao maybe seven yards out or so. And it's, you could see the frustration when this shot is blocked from some of the players because it felt like, you know, whatever they were trying wasn't really happening for them. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those where, again, they were defending deep and they were getting them behind the ball. So even like a chance like that, where in some other games, maybe now trials got a chance to, to have a crack is not only the goalkeeper, there's two or three players and one of them unsurprisingly gets a block in and, you know, good defending, fair play, but it was very frustrating when we were chasing the game and desperate for a point at the very least. Because it was almost like at that point, you were like, you start to think if Xiao's not scoring, if we're not scoring there, if, if like when the ball has broken to us, if we're not scoring there, when is this going to come? Because it's already... And, and this is, this is of course, after the fact we've had 
six corners maybe in the yeah. second half yeah. alone. Yeah. And there was a lot of corners. And a lot of the corners had, uh, not all of them, but I would say probably 80% of them, yes, they had pretty good delivery in the second yeah. half, especially into very dangerous areas. And it's just Reading couldn't find that. One of them, even the keepers come out and flapped at one, yeah, and we still didn't get anything off of that because we weren't expecting him to flap at it. And it's just you start seeing a game unfold where the keepers flapping at crosses, we're getting chances like seven, eight yards out, and nothing's going in. You start thinking it's not your day. But all of this pressure does finally kind of unleash with about I think it's eighty-one, eighty-two minutes in. Uh, Matt, I mean, talk us through the goal. Oh, ecstasy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Swift Swift picks it up very nicely. It's a, it's a nice little ball in from Swift, isn't it? Well, I, I say nice. I think he's actually scuffed it, hasn't he? Let, let, let's, let's be honest. I think he's, is he shooting? It's, I don't know. Football like, poetry. Shooting. Football yeah. poetry. Yeah. But, I mean, the poetry comes then when Josh Lawrence does the lovely little dummy through the... That is a really nice piece of play by Josh Very, Lawrence. very smart. It's very yeah. smart. And we, we should say as well, Josh Lauren is where he is because Paul Ince finally made a substitution. Yes, I forgot to mention this. Paul Ince's substitution. Uh, Ajaria off and uh, Tom Delibashiru on, which pushes Lauren higher. And Swift out onto the left wing. Swift out onto the left wing. And Morrow, he made a signal at one point after an earlier chance had gone that he was going to stay up. And so he's in the box like adding an extra yeah, player like, as, as well. Yeah, as soon as Deli Bashiru comes on for Ajari, I'm thinking, oh, well, Deli Bashiru is going to play on the left wing. don't really see what this is going to change. But yep. as soon as you make that change of formation, Barnsley didn't know how to deal with it at they all. They didn't. The, and the and left... Swift's ball in that you were talking about comes from the left wing yeah, position. Yeah, the right back for Barnsley just had no idea how yep. to deal with Swift, playing a little bit deeper, yeah. not playing up, up against yeah. the defender. I think, and it has to be said, you haven't seen Swift out wide at all much. But the only time I can remember is on the Gomez, I think it was away under against Hull, very early on in the Gomez uh, start of the season with Gomez. Yeah. And that's really one of the only times I can remember him playing like properly out wide. Yeah. Um, but, but it was, was very effective. It was very effective and it, and it worked. Chances came and of course the goal came, came from it and the dummy from Lawrence, the little pass back from Morrison. From Morrison. Yeah. And it's good vision just, by Morrison there. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, for a centre for a centre back, you know, you, you might look at it and say it's a it's a two, three yard pass. But I mean it's it's like the nice easy, it's nice, easy to get it's wrong. Easy though. to get wrong. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. he's got a defender on his back as well. You know, it's just yeah. he's it's got just, someone all over him. Yeah. It's just the simple stuff. Um, the simple we always talk about the simple stuff that Reading are doing wrong from right? Yeah. Morrison, fair play to him at that point, does it right. And I mean, Lauren, he's not making any mistakes from there, is he? And, and it, it was the best time to have the away section behind the goal. Yeah. Because you could see it perfectly. You're like, yeah. oh my word, he's putting this away. You yeah. could just as tell as, from as where the keeper was. started to lay the ball off, you knew it was, you going, knew in. It was yeah. going in. And he lashed it in. And, you know, Josh Lawrence, that's now two games in a row where we desperately needed a goal. And he's come up trumped and he scored it. And they've both been very different goals, right? Yeah. So the Blackburn goal, screamer. Yeah, and then technique, vision, everything. Yesterday, I wouldn't call it a tap-in. No. But it is a goal from five yards out. He, not he could not think about it. Lauren, but, like, it's, it's a goal from it's five It's a different yards. type of goal. But, yeah. again, he overthinks that. He panics about the situation. He passes that straight to the goalkeeper. He bent it round the keeper. It was it was very nice. And, and the celebration. The celebration. Yeah, the celebration. Yeah, the celebration. We're all smiling. Yeah, yeah. celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
we, 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 well, you guys had someone that someone came from two rows behind you, literally just yep. beating himself over. Oh, he disappeared. <laughs> he went down five five rows, went under a bunch of people. They tried to help him up. Never saw him again. Yeah, it's it one of the first times I've seen someone really throw themselves, you know, three, four, five rows down. Yeah. I've seen people, you know, fall off one one row, maybe two rows, but yeah. Three, three, four, rows. five, three. I think yeah. he must have gone down five rows. It, imagine like crowd surfing at a gig, except for instead of on the shoulders of people, just going like seat level. It was mental. <laughs> it was really, really just great limbs. Everyone cheering, everyone shouting. My voice hasn't been the same since. We were all screaming. It Pyro, was pyro going off. Ooh, there was yeah, pyro down the front. Plenty of people yeah. down at the front when the goal went in, running down the stairs. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you see, you see, you see it on the, you see it on the highway stand down the far left stairs, and then you got about. Almost probably like 50, 100 people now down the front. Yeah. All the players celebrating in front of the fans as well. Yeah. Fantastic to see. Them. Which we this should is, mention the yeah, fans. This is one the, thing the I would turnout was out, outstanding. Yeah, sixteen hundred, well, just under sixteen hundred in the end. Yeah, um, and the fans yesterday really turned up yeah. in in numbers and. It, and it has to be said in volume as well. Yeah, a little bit quiet after the goal, obvious reasons. But apart from that little lull after that, singing throughout, pretty rowdy. Yep, sometimes we were angry, but a lot of noise, and uh, you know, didn't hear a peep out of Barnsley the whole time. The, the celebration in front of the away fans is one thing I did want to mention because you've got uh, accusations this season from you know lots of people, lots of fans around the fact that we've got players who don't care, we've got players who aren't bothered, who don't want to be here. You know, yes, whilst, whilst we didn't see 11 players all celebrating in front of the away end, a lot of them there, you can tell they care. You can tell they're putting yeah. effort in. It's not a case that they don't care. It's not a case that they're not putting effort in. Yeah, things have gone wrong this season. But, you know, I feel like it's it's not a case that they don't, you know, they don't give a shit. It's more just that they're struggling, right? Yeah, they're, they're in a difficult situation. I think a nice little segue as well, like, I've not been Danny Drinkwater's biggest fan the time he's been here. First couple of games, he looked like pretty decent. I mean, he's just dropped off and done nothing. And we'll leave the what may or may not have happened at halftime to the side because I don't know what really happened. I didn't see anything. But if you just look at his performance yesterday, Danny Drinkwater was phenomenal yesterday. Probably one of his best games for Red Everton. I would I'd, say, I'd say so. his best. I'd say yeah. his best. The way, the way he was picking up, picking up the ball spreading the play i mean we talked about comments being one of the only people who was wanting to drive the ball forward so it's, was danny drinkwater especially and in the second half yeah and it's the fact that it, when he did make a mistake it didn't drop his shoulders mm. and yeah. the first thing he did he would, was try and win the ball, the ball back, back. and he away. often did yeah that's the thing the number of times where it looked like it's got away from in your hearts in your mouth and then he's like thrown himself in and got like a little toe on it or something that's what i want to see from danny drinkwater yeah, yeah. well I, I think we all know that he's not going to be here in you know, eight games like next start next season. He knows well it'll be the way Chelsea's going. But, no, <laughs> but as long as as long as we kind of get those performances from him for the next six games, seven yeah. games, then that's that's all we can it's really hope for now. It's all it's, it's all we can hope for. It's all we want. You know, we just and the, I've got to say as well, the, the booing of Danny Drinkwater before the game when his name's read out over Hanoi. It's not. It's, it's not needed. Does Let's nothing. Stop it. What's that going to be? He's in the team at that point. He's in the team. He's in the team every week now, anyway, because we're in the most injured. Like, yeah. yeah. You know. You, you just might, got back in. Like if him, you want to but... look back and talk about how crap he was after the season's over, have at it. I won't even defend him because he has been crap for a lot of it. But right now, you need him firing for you. Yeah. 
and you needed playing like you did yesterday. Yeah, because he was up for it yesterday. He was, he was the energy was there. They're running all 90 minutes or 90 plus, whatever it was. And it was about 90 plus when we had the one very, very close moment yeah. to, yeah, to being able to, to actually go on and get all three points. Because John Swift almost, almost ate claims all three points already. Uh, it was a lovely shot as well. It was one of those where after we scored, credit to the players, we pushed on to try and get the winner. The noise when we got the ball, by the way, we were going forwards after yeah. that. Every time we got the ball, the noise was phenomenal. And then pushed on, pushed on. John Swift gets it out again on that left wing position that he's now in. And he gets it, he beats his man, and he, he lashes a shot in that's going bottom corner. And again, the keeper's not pulled off a worldie. But he's pulled up a good save. It's a very good save. Very, good, very save. good save. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not putting in worldy class. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm critical of keepers, but I will say it's a good save. He gets down. He reads it well, and he and he pushes it around the post for a corner. But it was one of those moments where some games this season, a shot like that's going to end up in a goal. And I really thought after that, got a chance here that we might pull this off and get the all, all three points after essentially the the prior 80 minutes being absolutely terrible <laughs> yeah i think a lot of, a lot of uh, reaction afterwards was why have we only turned up for 20 minutes why have we only played well for 20 minutes when yeah. i i don't really agree with that one personally i think we didn't play well necessarily for the first seven minutes but did we play badly Probably i not. mean i don't think so either yeah. it's i feel like yesterday was just another game um another game which is so similar to all of, a, a lot of the games we've seen in the board so far yeah. Let's well, actually, just before we move on to that topic, Matt, six minutes of injury time. Minute we're, six. Minute, well, yeah, we're, we're sitting there at 90 minutes. I'm, I'm saying at 90 minutes, I'm like, oh, six minutes of injury time, brilliant. We've got a chance to win it. 95 minutes and pretty much 40 seconds. Um, Barnsley are uh, find the ball in the box, and I don't know who the player is. Um, but the, yeah, the Barnsley player who, who shoots across, and let's be honest, it's nine has got no chance of saving this. He's never saving it. Never saving it. And he's, not, he's not five yards out, right? There's no chance. And McIntyre somehow manages to block it. Does he, uh, does he know anything about it? Let's be honest, probably not. To be fair to him, he's learned from the goal. What he should have done for the goal is what he did for that block. He got a lot tighter, threw his body in instead of turning his body away, and he's got there, and I think it's the inside of his thigh that he blocks it with and turns it out for a corner. Fair enough to him. That was a phenomenal block, and it preserves the point. It was goal-saving, you know. Yeah. It, it, it saved the point that, you know, and we've been critical of this podcast, and his performance yesterday was pretty, pretty subpar, but that one block... That one block was always And we'll move very swiftly on because we've been told that they are closing in. Without saying our welcome, they're not being rude. Yes, but, yeah. <laughs> and we'll move very swiftly on to a question that we asked on the Twitter today. A, are we staying up? Very quick one, Matt. What's your percentage now? I know we've had this conversation, you've kind of been up and down with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still 60%. That's not but very confident. It's, it's not very confident, but there's a few reasons um, for that. It's like four, we've got four big bogey teams that come up. Stoke City, Sheffield United, Swansea, and Hull. I think I might put out a tweet. I, I, 
I think it's three wins in the last 10, 12 years against those those four teams in about it's about fifty games, you know, and that's four of that's four of seven games. Filling me with confidence, Dave. <laughs> Uh, if we'd have won yesterday, I would have said 90%. Um, we drew and we were crap for a lot of it. So I think um, I'm going to sit around the 70% mark purely because Barnsley looked so woeful yesterday. Hopefully we can leave on that. I think I'm going to go about 75, 80. I'm, oh, I'm relatively very confident. Positive. I like yeah, that. relatively yeah. confident. Second question was, if we do stay up, is Paul in for the manager next season and do you want him to be a manager next season? I don't think he gets the the, the long-term contract and I wouldn't go for him, to be honest. Um, I think there's better options out there now. And I think, I the, think we need to be long-term planning and, and that's not really it. Your opinion kind of backs up what most replies we had on Twitter was, was let's get a new manager in ASAP. Matt, are you a Paulins, Paulins convert yet for next season? Um, I think if he, if he keeps us up, I'm happy. I'm thankful for what he's done this season. But, but yeah, I think... It, well, it all depends who, who you can get in. I mean, the conversation, I think, has already turned towards someone like Mark Warburton, who's reportedly, at some of recording this, you know, on the brink of being sacked. Do we get someone like that in? Also, can we get some, someone like that in? Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't really want to be lining up next year with Paul Lintz in charge. Hopefully, he does keep us up, and I think we'll be very thankful for that. I think but, whoever, whoever comes in next year is going to find it very difficult, whereas Paul Lintz, whether it's Walton, whether it's some random European person or American who's never managed in England, whoever it is, is going to find it very difficult because ultimately we're still going to have a very small squad and be relying on, on youth uh, next season as well. We have another big game on Tuesday night. I want to say it's Tuesday night. Not yeah, Tuesday. Against Stoke City at home. Um, Barnsley aren't playing in midweek because their game in hand is not until early May. So it's a big opportunity today for Reading to go eight points clear. Yeah, I just, I really hope they, they seize that this time. Um, you're not directly against the ones you're trying to get ahead of. Um, Stoke, we haven't had a great set of results against them in recent years, but let's let's do something to, to put the fears to, to bed. We don't have Liam Moore playing against us, but we also don't have Tom Ince Matt, on Tuesday night. Who comes in in place of Tom Ince? Probably saying Hoylet, aren't you? Really, uh, you probably bring Hoylet in. Um, Paul Ince might experiment from the start with Josh Lawrence further up. We'd switch that wide. Um, you know, you don't don't know yet, hundred percent. But I mean, Stoke's one of those teams that we don't beat. I think, we, well, certainly in the last ten years, we've not beaten them. You know, we're about nine, ten games of not beating them. It's always nil nil against Stoke, except for this season where it was three two. But every <laughs> other year when we but play Stoke, it's nil nil. So. I've got my fingers crossed that at least we can get a goal this, this time against Stoke. Um, hope. They've got nothing to play for, and it's these kind of games against Stoke, against the Cardiff when you're down at the bottom, you're wanting to play these teams because they're not pushing for promotion, they're not relegation. You know, they're, As the cliche goes, they're on the beach. Yes. <laughs> Although it's April, and if you're on the beach in this weather, I don't know what you're doing. No. <laughs> true, true. We'll be back on Wednesday with a review of the Stoke game. Hopefully Reading have picked up three points and are... Three points closer to safety after a very, very big point away at Barnsley this weekend. Thank you for listening. Cheers, everybody.